Hello, and welcome to Haymaker, a boxing podcast focusing on news, analysis, and the history of America's oldest and most popular combat sport. My name is Arden. I'm a longtime boxing fan and practitioner with a passion for all things pugilism. To quote ring announcer Michael Buffer, So yeah, hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Haymaker. This first episode will function as an introduction to the world of boxing and hopefully a refresher course to anybody who may have forgotten some of the terminology or just is not familiar with the sport. So we will be covering the history, really good terminology to know, and then just sort of the structure of how boxing runs as a sport and how it's regulated. So boxing dates back to at least the Sumerian civilization. Before that, hand-to-hand combat has been a part of human civilization almost since the dawn of humans. Warfare and a test of strength, these are all things that are innate to humans, uh, even though some may not like that. Its rise to prominence as a sport really dates back to the 23rd Olympiad, which was the 23rd Olympics held in Greece in 688 BC. So you can generally define boxing as a combat sport using only the fists. There's no legs, there's no elbows, there's no headbutts, there's no kicks at all. Uh, Obviously there's no biting, there's no foul play. It's just head movement, fists, and punching. It really breaks down to that. And that sounds so simple, and yet this is potentially one of the hardest and most technical sports you could possibly get into. Just from the couple hundred of rounds I've probably sparred, um, and and just over the several years that I've been interested in the sport of boxing, it really is difficult to put into words how difficult it is and how easy it is to get beat up. It is so easy. It, and it's something that I think anybody who gets into boxing should be prepared to know that there's going to be somebody much better than you who will make you feel very weak at some point. But that's part of the fun is the self-growth. I love boxing because it is a sport of self-determination and self-fulfillment. There is almost nothing else that can give you a workout and then also make you feel as confident as boxing can. And that really goes for any combat sport, any martial art. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is an amazing one. There's so many. So we've covered the history and you understand the basic definition of what boxing is. I think now is a good time to get into some terminology. So I have pulled up here a list, basically, of almost every boxing term you can think of. If you go to titleboxing.com or look up boxing terminology on Google, you should find this page. And I encourage you to look through it because knowing these terms will make it so much easier to watch the sport of boxing and have a basic understanding of what's going on. I'm going to cover quickly the ones that I believe to be the most important. So, 
we're gonna start at A and we're gonna go down this list um, and we'll, we'll figure it out. So I lied, I'm not gonna go in alphabetical order actually. At first, I'm just going to go over what I believe to be the most important basic terms to know and then we will go through this list together and look at the more complicated ones. But it's definitely necessary to know these basic terms first. So you have footwork. Footwork is the movement of the feet. That sounds very basic, but it's really not. It's the whole science in motion of how do you move your feet in order to evade a target, in order to be aggressive, in order to be defensive, in order to move around this square because you're set in a ring. Boxing is always in a ring. It always had the moniker, and still does, of squared circle. That comes from the fact that it originally started in the Olympics with a circle. So yes, the other very important thing to break down is the types of punches. So your hands always, almost always, start up by your head. And when you finish a punch, the gloves are always going to rest at your head. Some people, some boxers, always keep their arms low and oftentimes as a fight progresses, the gloves are going to slowly fall down away from the face. And that's oftentimes when you see knockouts because people are not intelligently defending themselves anymore. And that's just you know, part of fatigue. But yes, every time you punch, gloves go back to your head. The first punch, whatever your dominant foot is, whatever dominant side you have, that is where your jab will start from. So the jab is a straight punch that comes out using your shoulder and flicking outwards. And that is always on whatever your dominant side is. So if you are a conventional fighter, that means you have your right foot forward and your right hand is jabbing. If you are a southpaw, it means that your left foot is forward and your left hand is doing the jab. Some people have variations on the jab. That is the basic form of it. The other one you have is a straight. A straight punch is your non-jabbing hand. So, like we said, if you're a conventional fighter, this will be a left straight punch. If you are a southpaw, this will be a right straight punch. This is very similar to the jab, but with the other hand. The next major punch is a hook. And this, if you can imagine in your heads, is where you're punching sideways with your elbow out. Imagine if you're putting your arm out to elbow somebody, but you're not actually elbowing them, punching through something, and your elbow is leading the punch. But of course, your fist is still going. It's a closed, tight punch. Your arm is almost at a 90 degree angle when you're throwing this punch. Some people do a looping left hook. Looping means often that your arm is straighter, so you're punching a little further away from your target. So you imagine if you were leaning in to the punch, a looping punch may be less of a, of a 90 degree angle. But generally, a hook is used inside. And inside means closer to your target. There's outside punches and inside punches. An outside punch is a punch that is used more defensively, like a jab. And this is when you are further away from your opponent. You're either keeping them at bay or using it as a lead to get inside. So somebody may use a straight punch or a jab to get inside their target, which is where the term fighting in a phone booth comes from. That's when you're very close. Probably the last major punch is a uppercut. And that is a punch, if you can imagine, or if you've ever seen before. It comes from under. 
So it has the same angle as a hook, but instead of coming across or straight out, it's coming from under you. So you're building power from your hips and punching up. So imagine if you're shorter than somebody, you're punching up to their jaw. So those are the main punches. You have your jab, you have a straight, you have a hook, and you have an uppercut. There's so many variations on those four, and those four come in all sorts of patterns. I'd say a very, very, very basic um, combination is a one, two, three, or a one, one, two, three. So those four punches, the four very basic punches, are numbered. They actually go much higher than that. The numbers, I think, can go up to like eight or nine. It depends. But so a one, one, two, three is two jabs, a straight, and a hook. Again, it's important to know that there's so many variations on these. I'll go through a couple of those. So then you have body punches. So you can do a body jab, a body straight, a body hook, or an uppercut that leads to the body, although those are a little less common. So those all also have the numberings. I believe they come after the first major four. All right, so those are terms that are related to the fighters themselves. There are other terms that have to do with the structure and rule of boxing, and we'll get to those now. So, like I said, boxing is done in a ring, which is actually a square. There are three referees for most normal fights. Those three referees are judging the fight based on a scoring system. The scoring system assigns either a 10, or a 9, or an 8, or a 7 to each fighter during a round. A 10 signifies a winning round. A 9 signifies a losing round. And 8 signifies that you were knocked down or in severe danger during a round and you lost the round. A 7 means that you were knocked down at least twice, sometimes more than that. You can even very rarely have a 10-6 round, but that basically never happens. Each round is generally 3 minutes long. In women's boxing, rounds are often 2 minutes, and that's really for no good reason. Many women these days are trying to argue for a three-minute round. It's mostly a sexist attitude towards female fighters that a three-minute round would tire them out too quickly. It's very stupid. Almost all female fighters agree in the three-minute round. For some reason, it has not been widely implemented yet. Each boxer then has a team with them. No one is allowed in the ring during a round. After the three minutes is up, there is a one minute rest period in between rounds, and that is when the cut man and the trainer, usually, are allowed into the ring. The cut man is someone who applies Vaseline to the face and attempts to fix any bleeding cuts on a person's face. They have multiple tools to combat this. They have, like I said, Vaseline, they also have a piece of metal, a flat piece of metal that gets dumped into an ice bucket. This gets pushed on to any swelling and to any cuts. And it reduces the swelling and stops them from bleeding a little bit. There's also something that looks like a large Q-tip that has a chemical on it that can stop bleeding from happening. And this gets pushed into a cut. The only thing you can drink within rounds is water, and it has to be certified by the commission that it was unopened until the fight starts. 
there's lots of rules. When you put your hand wrappings on, which go underneath the glove, a commission has to watch and the coach from the other team also has to watch. So now we've covered who's in their corners, the fighters, rounds, and the limitations of those. The next big thing to cover is the amount of rounds. Fights can consist of three or four rounds all the way up to 12 rounds. Previously in boxing, fights used to go longer. When boxing originated, fighting generally went until one person couldn't continue. In the late 1800s through the very early 1900s, people would sometimes fight for hundreds of rounds. Think about fighting for hours at a time. And these people really did it, and they really did it without a break. In the late 70s, rounds were taken from 15 down to 12 because boxers were enduring too much damage, getting too physically tired, and people were dying because they were so exhausted. So that was brought down to 12, and 12 seems to be a sweet spot for what human bodies in good condition can do. And it also helps to limit the time of events, because there are certain boxing events that were going on for five, six, seven hours. One last term I'd like to cover is something called Queensbury Rules. The Queensbury Rules regulated three-minute rounds, the minute in between, illegalizing any wrestling, and the 10 second rule, meaning if you go down and you can't get up within 10 seconds, the fight is stopped. That is a knockout. As of right now, the Queensbury rules have been the widely accepted rules of all boxing across the world for the last 100 years or so. All right, so now we've covered the basic terms. We're going to go through this boxing dictionary on titleboxing.com and just go over some of the interesting ones. The next term is alphabet groups. This refers to the belt givers in boxing, which are all private organizations, but have been granted pretty widespread recognition in boxing. So these are essentially the trophies you win. There are four major alphabet groups, and there are dozens of much smaller ones. The four major ones are the WBC, the WBA, the WBO and the IBF. That's the World Boxing Council, World Boxing Association, World Boxing Organization, and International Boxing Federation. There is also the IBO, the IBA, the IBF, the WBF, and a host of others. Each of these groups gives belts. There are generally world champions, international champions, intercontinental champions, and continental champions. Those are just regional titles, and they help you get towards the larger titles. There are also other organizations that do regional belts. You also have the EBU, which deals in Europe. There is the BBB of C, which is a weird name, but it's the British Boxing Board of Control. They give belts. There are many national belts. There are belts for basically almost every country. And yeah, that's basically the belts you see. If you ever see a boxer with belts, they probably got it from one of those organizations. Okay, here's a good one, backpedal. So backpedal basically means what you think it means. It means to retreat or to move backwards away from opponent while still facing them. So that's usually to avoid an attack. A lot of great boxers 
use backpedaling but are able to box off of their back foot. What that phrase means is boxing while backpedaling. So it means punching and evading while retreating. Here's a good one. Be first. If a coach is saying be first, they want you to punch first. A lot of people, they get hesitant to punch once they've been punched. And that's a dangerous thing to get into. Because if you stop punching, you're not showing any of the judges or the referee that you're in a position to be winning that fight. Bob and weave. So bob and weave means when you're moving side to side, generally speaking, it is all movement above the waist. A good boxer, at least, is mostly using their head, their shoulders, and moving their back side to side. Now, there is footwork involved in movement and footwork involved in evading punches, but generally you don't want to get your feet in such a position that you can't punch well. Because there are certain positions with your feet where you are not in a good position to deliver power shots. There's break. Break is one you hear a lot. That is when the referee is trying to get two fighters apart. Oftentimes the gloves and the arms will get intertwined and the boxers will basically get caught in each other. There's also intentional holding. When one boxer is basically hugging the other, and that is just never fun. It just makes everybody annoyed. You have catch weight, which means when neither fighter makes their weight class, and in boxing you have different weight classes. You have different weights that the athletes have to adhere to. So you have heavyweight, lightweight, middleweight, welterweight, light heavyweight, featherweight, strawweight. There's many, many, many weights. There's a check hook, so it's a hook, like we were talking about, but this is a counter punch. So it's a counter, meaning you are checking them as they move in to attack you. Covering up is when you have your hands over your head. Oftentimes, you're putting your elbows and tucking them into your stomach in order to reduce the amount of surface area that's visible and punchable to the opponent. You have a decision. Decision is if you go the full amount of rounds and the judges have to make a decision. If somebody doesn't get knocked out or if somebody isn't disqualified for doing something like intentionally headbutting, uh, biting, like, like Mike Tyson did, um, there's many ways to get disqualified, but those are the two big ones. There's an eight count. An eight count means if you get knocked down, you have to be up within eight seconds, generally. Sometimes they'll count the full 10, but it's generally an eight count. If somebody's up before eight seconds, they generally go the whole eight seconds anyways. There is a feint. A feint is when you fake a punch in order to get a reaction and then gauge the amount of reaction that your opponent is going to give. Oh, here's a great one. Glass jaw. This is a term used to describe a boxer who gets punched and immediately falls down. It means somebody who doesn't have a lot of resistance or toughness. I don't like saying the word toughness because there's very tough people who when they get hit in the jaw, it just triggers that nerve and causes their legs to buckle. And that's just something that can happen. This one's the namesake of the show, a haymaker. A haymaker is a desperation punch. So it's thrown with full force, usually over the head. So it's a big swinging looping punch intending to knock somebody out. It's, it's like a last ditch effort. It's like a Hail Mary. If you want to look at, at a really amazing haymaker, go look up Dave Allen versus Nick Webb. Now somewhere in that fight, 
Dave Allen, who's a British heavyweight boxer, throws the most amazing looping haymaker you've ever seen. Haymakers aren't always used defensively. Sometimes they're an offensive weapon, but oftentimes they're used when the fight isn't going your way. You have pound for pound. Pound for pound is talking about within all the weight classes who are considered the best regardless of weight class, just by pure boxing talent. There's boxing promoters. These are the people who promote the fights. They often manage boxers, or they can. And they are the ones that find the venue, organize it, get the boxing ring, get the cameras in there, get it put on television or on the internet. They manage the whole other side of boxing that doesn't have to do with just the fighters. And we'll end with one of my favorite terms, which is underdog. I really enjoy watching somebody who isn't slated to win, somebody who has a lot of talent, but is generally recognized as not as good as the other person, and they go out there and they just have their night and obliterate the other person. It's just so rewarding to see when somebody has worked so hard and gets counted out. I think a lot of people can relate to that, and um, yeah, it's just fun to watch. Alright, so I think that's probably a good place to stop. That gives you a basic taste of boxing. From here, if you'd like to do more research, I highly suggest it. This was just a minor overview. It would take many, many, many hours to go through every single term ever. But yeah, this is a good starter course. Alright, well, we'll end there. I hope to see you next time. Next time we'll probably be focusing on more news, we might even look at MMA a little bit, but yeah, I hope this served as a good starter.